This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Shake them ropes, Jeff, Chris, coming to you on Thursday. It's a little bit sparse because SmackDown happens on Friday. AEW's Go Home, which it looks like a kind of a B card to me. Looks Friday. like it might be staying home. It might be staying. <laughs> but we will uh, we will preview Double or Nothing just for craps and giggles and uh, talk a little bit about the news going on. But, uh, Chris, you who get your wrestling through uh, less than legal means sometimes. I, I, get, I get a lot of TV through less than legal means. TV, yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, movies, you were TV. On, you were, you were on your site and all they have is NXT from 2016, which sounds like a great place to live. It was uh, an interesting time capsule on the on the site that I normally get other like movies and stuff from. I was like, I wonder if they have NXT on here. And so... I logged on and searched and I found that they had NXT, but the latest they went to was 2016 and I popped on an episode and it was, uh, Solomon Crow. What was that? His name? The, the hacker dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Sammy yeah. Callahan, Sammy Callahan, uh, as Solomon Crow versus Ty Dillinger and I, perfect 10 times. I know. I know. Is that not a moment in time, right? <laughs> Ty Dillinger over AF? Very, very over at this point. Um, having a match against Sammy Callahan, who is definitely M- Mr. Get His Crap in, um, whether or not it, it is a coherent usage of that crap or not a coherent usage of that crap, he is getting it in. Um, and I was struck with how much looser and you know, for lack of a better term, indier, but like n- not indie in a bad way, the way that we usually use the the pejorative, but like less WWE um, style, the in-ring style was less policed, shall we say. And these guys were having a much more flowing match. And we talk about NXT now as main roster with yellow ropes. And I think you really do see it in oh, the way week. these matches this get week. worked, dude. They, they, they are... They're meticulously methodical. Like when you go, oh, here would be an interesting place to zig. They do not zig. They do not zig in the slightest. Um, they they just they go right down the middle. Uh, the takeovers are so still great. Boring. The takeovers are still great, but the week to week this week, we're getting the supernatural crap with uh, with Mercedes Martinez. We're getting the bad comedy skits with Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight and the Million Dollar Man to set that up. This is this is all main, all the main uh, roster Monet, instincts are there. Can can I start here just because this this is a quick one? Um, sure. But so Frankie Monet debuts this week, and we have seen this WWE debut ten thousand times before. Big build for this new character that we're gonna have on. They come on. And they go up against an enhancement talent. However, in this case, the enhancement talent slotted here is Cora <laughs> Jade, someone they have, uh, you know, hope in building up and and some hope for. So here is 
a different path for them to go and one that's like not out of nowhere here. It's basically the one, two, three kid model. It started off by making it all about Frankie Monet, but have Cora Jade actually pull the upset on Frankie Monet on Monet's debut. Because like, the plan, Jeff, is never to make Monet the champion or anything. Like, Monet is just going to be like in the mix. I don't see her as uh, the champion type figure. And I, I didn't see necessarily anything in the ring this week that suggested to me that Monet is uh, necessarily capable of carrying uh that takeover level main event thing you know maybe maybe also being in the match but not carrying it build cora jade up have cora jade knock off frankie monet to put a little bit of buzz underneath cora jade and monet will be <laughs> fine because she's a heel and she can go and get her heat back against any number of other people on the roster the next week but then you're actually building up cora jade this was the week where i looked and i went yeah, this something came down once it went on USA where we need to do the same thing we're doing on the other two shows. And it's just, it's it's everything from, I liked that Karrion Cross finn Balor match. Oh, by the way, we're on video at Voices of Wrestling channel on YouTube. No sponsor this week. We're just going to kind of free ball it a bit here. Karrion Cross is just doing the most ridiculous play to the back of the room faces ah <laughs> things and, you're just and, and like... Scarlet on the outside. I it's it's so weird that Scarlet doesn't, in my opinion, add to the act all the time. There there are times where she's a negative to the act. Yes, because she's doing the witch slash temper temptress. She's moving like wavingly, and it's not really you know. She's kind of she's kind of doing uh, moment shots slash commedia del arte when she moves. Like it's like she's trying to f to move through the space like she's swimming. Like like one of those acting exercises where they go oh pretend pretend the air is green pea soup and you're trying to go through it type of thing it's that level one acting crap that they do in every acting class here in la i just it's it's gotten to the point where i'm just like it doesn't make him any tougher it doesn't make me scared of him it doesn't it makes me feel like he's it doesn't add mystique character. it does not add mystique no and, and i think the great managers, especially for ominous characters, add a layer of mystique to them. Paul Bearer creates contrast and adds mystique to The Undertaker and also serves as a mouthpiece, which is great because it allows The Undertaker to stay strong and silent. Karrion Cross speaks more than Scarlet, so Scarlet's not even serving as the mouthpiece for Karrion Cross. Um, Scarlet sometimes, however is visually overtaking the scene and as you're sort of highlighting visually overtaking the scene at times where she really shouldn't be like there's a match happening inside the ring and numerous times i find myself being drawn to scarlet being like ah! on the outside <laughs> like, you know like throwing her hands ah! you know, like trying to summon up carrying cross like he's a snake well cross is in there trying to do like this like mma like you know tough like brawly thing mm -hmm. it creates as i was saying going back to paul bearer and the undertaker 
yes, there's a contrast there, but the contrast is sort of a generative contrast. In this case, the contrast that gets created between Scarlet and Carrion is not always generative. Um, it is generative, you could argue, in the entrance. If you like the Fall and Pray song, and you like that whole gimmick, when they come in and they do the little spot where she comes out through the legs, and it's like, yeah, like, if that's your thing, that's your thing, it works. Um, but it really falls apart during the matches. I, I have a hard time pointing to any example during a match where I feel like Scarlet is really adding to this act. Yeah. Uh, uh, (laughs) i I know that's gonna sound really harsh but listener riddle yourself that think about a time during the match where you find scarlet adding to the act it's the last time she really added to the act the uh keith lee flash paper contract thing or or how about the uh the the finn balor double turn double cross i'm playing mind games with you thing yes no no and, and those would be the examples of her adding to the act. no the time the time when she added to the act was when she was the harbinger of doom where she'd come out you know she and nobody knew why she was there but she's just kind of like uh, w- with the adam cole when there was like questions of, of who's gonna yeah it's during the adam cole keith lee carrying cross type of feud and stuff and she just randomly come out you know as if you know carrying cross will then follow or something to that effect but yeah Oh God, that that Finn Balor thing where it's like you accidentally hit her, <laughs> and, and they that never paid add. that off. It, it was it was like a story that, to your point of not adding. This is also a thread that never really got kind of wrapped up in any so co- coherent way. Was she like deliberately trying to get herself hit to like get into Karrion Cross's head to plant a seed that he needed to get really aggressive to Finn Balor, and then did that mean that like? that was the whole plan and like that was her master plan on on like they never explained any of that and i don't know like if you're gonna have her be like this master of fate and destiny stuff she needs to be talking more and carrying cross needs to be talking less um if she's the master of fate and destiny she needs to be controlling carrying cross's destiny if she's the, and, the, and the, a lot of plot needs to be moving through her in a way that right now it isn't she's just you know dancing in the background there's something to be said about the strong silent type and <laughs> especially and it, when that's the type of character you're trying to make yes i yeah uh but we do have some news not a lot but some oh the revolving door of <laughs> commentary turn 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 adnan Verk, we barely knew ye adnan Verk, seven weeks on the job at most yeah. Gone. Gone. As your head announcer of Raw. Now, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I like Adnan Burke. I think he's a pleasant voice. I think because uh, I listen to a couple of podcasts he does. But I, this wasn't his fault to me. He was perfectly vanilla. The way he said, Ooh, he was and, ah, and oh, my gosh, a lot. He was learning. He was learning the moves. He yes. learned a lot, a lot. I mean, he clearly was spending some time boning up on WWE and wanted to learn. Uh, it is just that the WWE commentary style, storytelling style or whatever is so particular. I also think that there are people in that headset who frankly will not be satisfied with anyone who sits in this chair. And and yes. I think the real problem that we're heading into, Jeff, is that we're about to be in a, in a round of musical chairs 
like turn 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 is going to be a song i need to learn on the guitar because we're going to have like a procession of these various uh various commentators coming in for about two months three months not lasting because they can't learn the style um but it's not about learning the style it's that like no one pleases vince anymore because it's not just adnan burke right it's also tom phillips well we we will get into that i I want to stick on adnan burke just a little bit because the play-by-play job for those of you who have never really noticed this that guy is not supposed to call moves really he's there to forward narratives and the problem was they didn't trust him to the point where Corey Graves would take over on play-by-play sometimes doing it. And then Adnan would have to stay there and ask questions of Corey and, and Byron. And it just, it, all the roles got mixed up here. I'm sure Vince is in his head. Just Graves is going to be the commentator. Like this, this ends Byron with Cor- should be the play-by-play guy. Corey can be the color guy. And I, no, just- I know that. I know that. But, but here's the problem. Vince is going to get annoyed with Byron as as yes. the commentary guy. So the only, I mean, like literally the only announcer that Vince seems to really like anymore is Graves. Uh, I mean, I, I, and Graves can't be a one man booth. And all um, Adnan Graves, had to do during these matches was go, oh, oh my, oh. Because <laughs> he's not allowed to like, he's not allowed to he's call allowed moves to or anything. anything. Yeah, he's yes. not allowed to do anything. Yeah, like they get annoyed with you. If you do too much match calling, if you get um, yourself over, if it, oh, he's a, he's a mark for himself. He's he's there's that too. Like yes, it comes off as oh, like oh, he thinks he knows all the moves now, does he? Yeah, well, that's the gimmick. That's the whole. That's the character I'm playing on air, buddy. I'm supposed to be like the voice of authority. You are um, the straight man. You're supposed you're supposed yes. to, but you're also supposed to be excited about the product. Yep, that's the thing. I mean. I just, I, I just don't understand this. And then we move on because we've, we found a replacement for Adnan Burke, or at least someone that's going to be <laughs> next man up. That's Jimmy Smith, former UFC and Bellator color guy, not play by play guy, color guy to come in here and do this. Not a wrestling fan uh, of recent vintage was more of an older fan in terms of that, but hasn't been keeping up with the product by his own admission. <laughs> He's going to come in here and, and Vince is going to say, MMA guys, what do they know? Screw them. No, because the only reason you'd have an MMA guy come in is to call moves. Um, it, I, you, you would be better off, like, like for WWE's purposes, they would be much better off looking for actors looking for actors who have an interest in wrestling. I'm not trying to like get, they had one in the system. John LaQuasto was the two Oh five live play by play guy. And they cut him. He was great. He's a kid from out here. I knew him from after buzz and some of those shows here, they had him in their system, got rid of him probably because he's not six foot three and dark hair that really like matters McMahon. in the commentary booth like no McMahon like like look, looking the part really matters in the commentary booth because they love to put the commentary booth on camera they uh, you know it's it's very important that the head commentator often go into the ring and conduct interviews on the wwe format that's a big thing they like to lean on right 
No, I, this this is a real problem for them because uh, I think that they they are they think okay we didn't like Verk we're gonna get some other person there's lots of other people who'd love to come in and do commentary. Everybody for wants to work for the WWE. No, they it's don't. Their dream job. No, they don't. And and, and, <laughs> and and this turnover thing, this turnover thing is it's like it's like a member of Congress's office. So when you see that like their turnover staff all the time, it tells you something's going on with management up top. Um, and, and like, I would not want to be sitting in that commentary booth because I, I, as you and I both know, it means having Kevin Dunn and Vince McMahon perpetually in your ear um, or, or essentially and the message in your ear, not just in your ear, but micromanaging every single thing you say and then calling you a moron when you screw it up because they're in the head. No, stupid, do this, you know, that kind of thing. I don't think Adam Burke was begging to stay. You know what I mean? I like, like I think Adam Burke was like, well, I'd like to keep the job, but I don't think he was, he was sitting there going like, I've always wanted to work here. I can make this work. I will try. No, I, I think Adam Burke, like many other before him, were like, you know what? Vince McMahon, that was a lot of him. I'm good. No, you know what? I think Adnan was like one of those guys who, oh man, I grew up watching the WWE and this will be such a great opportunity and I'll go in there and I'll show them what I can do and they'll respect me. Nah. And then you get in there and you find out that you have to do, (laughs) you have to eat a lot of crap to survive and you have to basically... You have to remove all flavor from yourself. The only person who's figured out a way to save any flavor to themselves whatsoever is Corey Graves. But at the same time, you have to fight for yourself, too. It's it's one of those weird things because he won't respect you as a man if you don't if you don't stand up for yourself. But but also, if you stand up for yourself, you're a difficult employee. It's just the most ridiculous place to work on Earth. And people can make it work. We have friends who have made it work. So, well, I think there are certain positions in the company that are easier to work out of than others. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying necessarily working in some of those positions are the easiest ones to work in, but like, I just think out of all the positions right now, given the disposition of Vince and Kevin Dunn, being the head commentator in the Raw and SmackDown booth, and probably increasingly now the NXT booth, it, it is, it is sort of like a fool's errand uh it, it's like one of those um you ever did you ever play sim city 2000 no but i know okay. the sims okay no well not the sims i'm talking about sim city where you like actually you're not it's managing people's same. person no it's not sims the sims is just about getting two robot. no it's just getting about two robot people to bone that's all the sims is about <laughs> sim city is about quality government um, and, and what makes a good city work, Jeff? Um, they're totally different yes. things. They're totally yes, different I'm, things. I'm sure Robots boning, a... quality cities. Poli-sci uh, majors all over the world are rushing to play SimCity. They used to have model cities based around SimCity 2000, oh, not so the like, city. So it's like civilization, okay? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yes, right. So you have a city, but like... There are certain scenarios in the game, like th- this one will probably make me chuckle. Like Flint was one of the scenarios, and it was one of these Flint, ones Michigan? that. Ha- yes, save Flint, Michigan. 
Yeah, uh, in, in the mid-90s. Like, Flint, Michigan is collapsing because the 1970s automotive boom uh, has led to a broad decline in Flint, Michigan. Save it. One-party rule? I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, no, it's it's just a grand and, and a dying industry, broadly speaking. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah like, it, it, anyways, it's one of these failing propositions. That's kind of what I look at head commentator as being. Like, you just can't. You can't really satisfy Vince because what Vince really wants to hear is himself, but you don't know which version of himself he wants to hear on any given day. He's the John Elway. Because <laughs> John Elway, the general manager of the Denver Broncos, really wants himself as the quarterback. <laughs> Does not matter that the league has passed him up and that like John Elway's style of quarterbacking would not necessarily work in today's yes. league. But yeah. but he knows he wants but, John but, Elway. But he want, he'll he wants know John, he'll Elway. John Elway when he sees it. Yep. I could see Jimmy Smith quitting on air halfway through a show. I, I really could. But uh, that would gets be a real better. issue. I think oh, that's ahead. where it gets really interesting, right? Like like when I, I know it seems that. like we're a nobody couple will do that. Nobody will I, ever do that. I don't know that anyone will ever straight up quit on air. But like, what if someone quits like two three weeks in? Like if Vince like starts chewing through commentators like. Two in two months. That's interesting. You say that because there's no safety net now because amongst all the firings and I'll get a little bit into that after this, Tom Phillips released by the company today. The guy that's there that knows your system. That's Michael Cole's basically pet project. Who's done everything in the world for them. His main crime is what, what was his crime that he, that he, was a little bit that he had a little bit of banter with Samoa Joe. Is that is that why we pulled him from coming? Or <laughs> do we expect ratings to go up because the color guy or because the play by play guy is is good? This isn't. Are we overrating Jr.'s <laughs> ability to draw during the Attitude Era? I don't understand this at all. Not only not only are you going through new play-by-play guys like toilet paper you're going to fire the guy that's next man up because vic joseph also formerly of the raw desk if you may recall chris is now on nxt mostly until next nba season and then yeah he sounds like a, yeah he he's a stopgap for wwe because vic's out and, and again Going back to our conversation, why would Vic want to stay watching this cluster that is the head commentary booth? Well, like Vic, if you're Vic and you accepted the raw job, you would still be looking for other jobs because you would never trust that you yes. actually have the raw job because and you already lost Tom. the raw job once. Yeah, same with Tom. It's like, why would I come back at this point when I know you're looking for somebody else? And there's not a lot of people in that in that hamper in terms of the B team of announcers that they're they're grooming because again they got real Aquasto. Rich Brennan could have helped them quite a bit. Maybe maybe you call up Rich and go, hey Rich, would you like to come in again? You Vince know? does not like a non-American English voice, but like Michael yes. Chavello. Um, oh God. Is- yeah, he's not my guy, but like, I mean, Vince is running out of options, dude. Uh, and like, he also yeah, doesn't no. like. What? Well, wait, Chiavelle's also fat and bald, as I recall. So yeah, that wouldn't no, look good on those, TV. Both of those, both of and, those, and a little bit older. So, so, so we don't want older as well. Uh, you know, we 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 want a twenty-five-year-old Lyle Wagner looking. <laughs> we we don't want Mauro Ranallo. 
Uh, no, tomorrow. We, no, we don't want him. We, we, I mean, this is where they really shot themselves in the foot. Yes, I know people didn't like the pop culture references all the time, but like in terms of actual ability to call stuff, and we've seen that after leaving WWE, like he is a he was a top notch calling of match guy and the reason he started going to all these pop culture references all the time i I don't know if why more people didn't put this together is because he was getting in his ear stop calling the match stop calling the match so the only thing that morrow could really do anymore on the mic was this reminds me of the nwa record that i used to listen to in 1992 (laughs) jr jr is getting obscenely overpaid in AEW, so he ain't coming through that door. Also, probably too old. I mean, there's no, there's Josh Matthews, you know, Mike Tanay. There's, I like Joe Galley a lot. Joe Galley would actually be the best I guy like to do Joe that. I like Joe Galley a lot, too. Uh, I mean, he would be their best option, but, like, it would be, like, why? I don't mean this in any way as a slight to Joe Galley, but why would you hire Joe Galley when you had Tom Phillips? They're basically yes. the same, like on-air personality flavor. <laughs> it just, it is, it is maddening. It is. Who's gonna be? Who is going to be the guy? I guess it's they're gonna bring back Michael Cole. That's the only like Cole's the only guy that Cole wants to move out of the position. That's the funny thing is Cole wants out. Uh, He wants out. I mean, this this and bringing back Cole. Well, he wants to be management. He wants to groom. He wants to teach. He wants to. Yeah, man. He wants to be management. Maybe not groom. Uh, but no, I I get what you're saying. Coach. He wants to coach. Um, so I think Cole maybe at most be a 12 month stopgap. And I don't think he'd like love doing it. So, I mean, what you don't want to do is have him go, you know, maybe it's time to retire too. Maybe I could take a little break from the company. My yeah. prediction is Michael Cole is the play-by-play guy by the end of August. Yeah. I, he's, the I, only, I, he's the only guy left. He's the I only originally guy. said Tom Phillips would be back in that chair and then they fired <laughs> Which is interesting. It makes you wonder, did Tom Phillips lose the favor of Michael Cole? No, I don't think so. Okay, I, I, so this, this, I don't this, think this, this okay. I don't think any of this has to do with Michael Cole. Unless unless now okay. Uh, no, I know I think this all has this is this is Michael Cole's master plan. This is, he's gonna pull off the mask and be like, <laughs> it was me all along, Austin. Well no, here's the interesting question. And it's it's one that I don't think anybody's ever gonna be able to answer. Now the new guy in charge is Nick Khan. Now we know when Hunter started to get power that Vince would purposely at times undercut Triple H to say know your place in the pecking order with guys that Triple H liked, guys that Triple H really wanted to see be stars. You know, if, if somebody else has an opinion other than what Vince wants, Vince is going to prove that guy wrong. Rey Mysterio as champ. Big example of that, where I think Patterson and a bunch of other guys in the room said, hey, let's make Rey, let's belt Rey Mysterio. Oh, he'll never get over. And then Vince proceeded to basically have him lose every match as champ. Now, Nick Khan wanted Adnan Verk because Adnan Verk brought sports credibility in there. Maybe Vince didn't want Adnan Verk, so he wanted to prove it as a self-fulfilling prophecy type of thing. And, you know, I don't know if which pick Jimmy Smith is because he's done stuff for NXT. But 
until that old man croaks. And I hate to say it that way. You're going to have these types of questions. Now, there's another possibility going on here as well outside of the broadcasting things. Because with this company, they just fired, what, 50 to 70 people behind the scenes due to quote-unquote redundancy in I thought it was budget media. stuff. I, I mean, it just, just <laughs> the, the finances are, t- it's the best record, but the like, best year on record, but it's also like a really tight time too, Chris, you know? As a person who worked in big law, our most profitable years were the times that they'd start, it was, was exactly the moment they'd start to fire people. Because they're like, we've made all this money. Now we can. We would like to keep as much of it as possible. Yes. And we don't want you guys to have any of it. Well, well, okay. Look how much money we made right now. If we could cut all this overhead and all this, all, all these, these. These drones in 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 the drones have built the infrastructure for us to keep making the money. Yes, but but at the same time, then we could say we have more profit per partner than any other firm in the country, and we could we could lure in more money through more through bigger attorneys and more higher profile rainmakers and blah blah blah. This is how companies think. So when you say, "Oh, we had our most profitable year." ever and then and then they have the 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 press releases and the little powwows and zoom oh and each of you is part of that no no what they're telling you is time to fire all you some of you some of you ain't gonna be making it to next year let's put it that way because now's the time to really spruce up this because now there are rumors that they're grooming this for grooming i keep using that term they, they're they're sprucing this business up for somebody to take over I don't think that's true. I just don't see Vince selling this thing to any. I don't see Disney you know, going. I, don't, I mean, I didn't. I didn't. Wouldn't have thought that. I, I mean, maybe it's just the other news of the week here with Amazon and MGM. Um, but I, I guess I don't rule content? it out. You think you think content providers is going to be the big thing here, and, and they're just going to say, "Look at all this content," and and here comes WWE with the presentation. Look at look at the smiles on faces. We're family friendly entertainment. We blah, have blah, John blah, blah, Cena. Blah, 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 blah. I, I want them to with, with absolutely no shame whatsoever claim that they still have John Cena as a regular featured oh. star on the programming. This WWE is the home of John Cena, baby, and it will be until 2030. Let's do the old number 32 we did with Fox Sports and say we give a sports presentation for this. We're we're all things to anybody. We're an easily malleable entertainment property that provides hundreds of hours of original content for your streaming platform over the top. OTT. Man, the Fox sale. Makes me believe that friggin' anything is possible. Yes. After after watching the stock go to a hundred dollars on absolute crap, and, and them getting sold the fox on a total bill of goods, and these stupid suits like not seeing that this is an absolute Potemkin village of a company. Like like it it, it is. They are not the 1990s WWF. They they are an absolute shell of that. The fire, right down to the fireworks. There's a fraction of the fireworks. The the houses are half as hot. The pay-per-view sales were down before they even got to getting rid of the pay-per-view sales entirely. The network era cannibalized what was left of the pay-per-view sales thing. They probably could have squeezed another couple few years out of the pay-per-view sales thing. They're Um, a model home. Actually, AEW... 
Yeah, <laughs> AEW makes an argument that maybe they still could be running a at least quarter annual pay-per-view sort of event thing for Survivor Series and WrestleMania and that sort of thing because AEW is doing that and still getting 100,000 sales on in pay-per-view. Um, so, no, like, like this is not... It, it's weird. It's always been weird to me that the business and investment community does not see these things <laughs> that you and I see fairly like obviously did, about this company did with you hear Stephanie this week. Did you hear Stephanie this week? Talk about how the sale, the peacock helps them to concentrate on their storytelling and content creation. I mean, and certainly when you think of when wrestling was at its hottest, the two <laughs> phrases that you associated with wrestling in the 1990s were storytelling content creation. That, oh, that, that is what made wrestling red hot. No, it's because everybody hates their boss. That's why they liked Mr. McMahon, Steve Austin. So, oh, blah, blah, blah. All right, let's get that taste out of our mouth so I can talk about something other that was also somewhat distasteful. John Cena (laughs) had to come, come to Jesus moment, or more of a come to Mao moment, crawling hands on knees, to beg for forgiveness because he has not yet learned the Hollywood PR game when it comes to action movies yet. Do not piss off China. Now, look, I am somewhat of a hypocrite on this. I have family, or I had family, that were refugees from the Mao regime. I do not like China as government, but I do buy Apple products. I am as much a hypocrite as anybody else. I'm an actor. If you put me in some of these brainless action movies funded by Chinese money, I would do it because I don't have an acting career and I want to, or I want to have a bigger career. So I have some sympathy for John Cena here. I do. John He's Cena. also not really in financial straits to the point. I mean, he was one of the, he was a high highest paid talent when he's on the WWE roster. He currently has a TV show. He's very well off. He does not need to be associating himself with the Chinese government. He wants to be Dwayne, and the Chinese government funded a Dwayne blockbuster, the the skyscraper movie he did, where he'd die hard with a paraplegic or whatever it was. Like, die hard with a guy with an artificial limb. I think that was the the pitch of the movie. You know, the Meg was a Chinese movie. If you want, if you want to really get, and he's learning how to play the game. Tom yeah, Cruz but knows Cena's how to play the game. With, interest with China goes deeper. Like he's been really like he learned Mandarin, uh, and this is like you know back in 2010 when back with is, the WWE. Yeah, when they were yeah, this is kind of forward looking. Yeah. yeah, they're look. Yeah, he he was all too willing to like learn Mandarin, and, and I mean this of course gets back to WWE's sort of like you know kind of questionable yes. relationship, and we, we talked about that too on air. Um, you know, I I I was Do you I- know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was no, going to say, do, do you think, I mean, I do not think at all. I think John Cena, much like Dwayne, and at this point a little bit like Tom Cruise, is an empty vessel. He does not have strong opinions about geopolitic in Asia. I yes. don't think he meant to offend China, but China's going to be offended by anything. No, okay, so, so let's get into the operative comment for people who don't know. So what, what Cena said initially was that Taiwan is a country, which yes. if you grow up here in America, you learn Taiwan as a country. Um, however, 
um china would argue uh using i'm i'm really trying to just put this in the most neutral terms possible here they're under let me do it then <laughs> go ahead yeah i thought you said you when could sh- <laughs> when shanghai shek was put in exile in taiwan they refused to recognize him as a country and they've been giving it to giving them the business ever since in the united nations hoping that the un won't recognize them as an official country because then it gives them legitimacy as a as a as a leadership group in exile even though shanghai kai-shek has been dead for years but the, but they know, also <laughs> would like to annex taiwan too yes um, they'd like yeah, to annex taiwan yeah broader 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 speaking um china uses their uh what i would consider to be tenuous understanding of history um to justify a land expansion um yes. and Again, you like like in America, you learn Taiwan as a country, which is like the I, I would argue probably the, the correct way of understanding this situation. Um, it, that's what Cena said. However, obviously, you can't say that in China. So that was the big no no that he made. Yes, and the more difficult part of this is that so much America has a America culture has a weird. Uh, uneasy relationship with China because there's lots of money to be made in China. The NBA wants that China money. Disney wants the Chinese money. Action movies will get bankrolled far easier if there's Chinese money behind it because then studios don't have to pay for these large blockbusters. There, But also, China does not want Western culture infiltrating their country at any parts so they get final says on censorship on what you can say on what you can teach or whatever Top and many businesses to, being yes. all too willing to make that trade-off like for example many tech companies Disney. Um, yeah and many 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 content creators too um like in america they are happy to make that trade-off to have access to the consumer base of 1.2 1.3 billion people and growing yes many of whom have basic needs that they still would like to have met um that so american businesses um or our business Maybe I shouldn't even say American businesses because that would imply like, you know, where they're paying tax and stuff. That could be Ireland. Um, but businesses that we think of as like America businesses are all too happy to take this weird trade off with China at the same time. And as you said, I'm on an Apple computer right now. I have um, actually sitting right here. Check it out. Literally right in front of me. This pedal, Chinese knockoff. Um, like, like. Really quality pedal, fifty dollars instead of one hundred and fifty dollars. Chinese knockoff, ordered it off of eBay several years ago. Um, but we, so we all have this, uh, and that that is frankly a metaphor for America, like America's politics, WWE, Hollywood, many actors. Um, and that part's really complicated. Um, I just you know, uh, and has, it could be banal be- stuff. It's like the the Chinese, uh, their version of the MPAA. Or whatever it is you can't make china look bad at all i think there's no swearing so i think they get the overdub versions i think there's no nudity i think those are the three big no-nos in chinese culture and if you want to know how a big conservative what, you might say I won't maybe they might you can't make the country look bad you can't be naked and you can't swear <laughs> very tipper gourd circa 1992 uh <laughs> circa 1980 yeah yeah no that's what i'm saying yeah, no, it's a bit, yeah, uh, a classic but value. if you want to know if you want to know to what level of minuscule they get script supervision things because the meg had to be rewritten at some point 
so that so that China didn't look bad because all all the all the red shirts are basically Chinese, so they didn't want that to. But they basically funded Top Gun too. If you're looking forward to the Tom to Tom Cruise playing Maverick in his mid fifties. <laughs> Looking forward to be a real statue. Yeah. Now, in the original Top Gun, he had this cool ass bomber jacket with all these patches on it, right? Yeah. You know, the Taiwan flag Gun. was on there. The Taiwan flag was on there. The Chinese government required him. He can't use the original jacket unless he took off the little, small little two inch patch of the Taiwanese flag and replace it with something banal. He didn't have to go pro China. Per se. He didn't have to wear the jersey of the team, but he couldn't have that little Taiwan flag on there, lest it lest it spark a revolution in China for some reason. So yes, they 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 have that kind of. They're not just going to give you the money to do these projects. They're going to say, okay, but we don't want any of your Western stuff. You have to affirm Chinese in. values and Chinese yes. beliefs, and yes. and. Little subtle things like that are, are opportunities to propagandize. It's the erasure of Taiwan as a legitimate state. Um, that, that Taiwan's claim to legitimacy as a state was never true. Um, and what China is doing is reuniting. Much like, like they would basically, what they want to do too is kind of roll up the Taiwan thing with Hong Kong and go like, we're just reuniting with Hong Kong. We're just kind of rolling them back into the fold and we're going to do the same thing over here with Taiwan. Speaking of mistreatment of Asians, Asuka's never had a clean win over Charlotte. Oh, and, and also the way that they use her on these AAPI ads here. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, I, I just which I just think is wildly tasteless. Um, for those of you who haven't seen these necessarily, um, so on USA Every Week right now they are doing um, and I think that the spirit of this is good. Uh, a large spate of anti. Going back to our complex relationship with China. I, meanwhile, during all this, there's a huge uptick in hate crimes here in the United States, which is bad and deplorable, and like should should be you know stopped. And I think proactive measures like this are are, are a good small step that can be taken, right? Asuka, however, and her presentation on WWE television, <laughs> nothing to be giving out gold star treatment to and holding up little trophies of like, we've been really kicking ass with Asuka. You had we made her a champ. She was a champion. <laughs> you had a running gimmick with her where on commentary, what she was bringing to the commentary table was frothing Japanese. The whole point yes. was she was crazy. It wouldn't even yes. speak in English. She like, was I'm crazy. Not even, if yeah. I did an impression of it, you'd go, Chris, wow, that was questionable. That's right. She was given stage directions to go out there and do that. So if you think that it would be questionable if I did it right now, you'd be right. Then think about what it means to give stage directions on such a thing multiple times to a subordinate who has no choice but to do the thing that you want them to do. Oh, and the past few weeks, what, what English words has she been saying? bitch <laughs> well, no but but here's the thing jeff what has made it funny is the inflection right yes the exaggerated you exaggerated are, yeah the, the the broken words one at a time what is if the business is, is english too but yeah, yeah and, 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 i didn't want to use that term but no no but that's that's i mean like i i've heard you know wrestlers use it tradesmen use it so i'm, I'm just using like as i'm saying no, i understand I'm, yeah yeah I can't and so, use it though, personally, uh, no so. Uh, Asuka 
um, I think is leaning into this. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, yeah. she's leaning into this characterization too. So like on one hand it's over here. I'm like, I'm representing the Japanese culture. Every time I wear my outfit to the ring. Okay. Like the Kabuki warriors, you could say is a little stock, I guess. Uh, if I grant underwear that, to the ring. What are we talking about? <laughs> I know. Like, like I, I want to grant that, but like, it hurts my brain to actually look at it too much. It's like a magic guy. She's wearing and garters like, and panties and a bra and a yeah. push-up bra. What are we what, talking uh, the about? Ma- it's Hawkins, she wears the mask. It's traditional or okay, something. Okay, that's fine. Know. I'll give her the mask. I'll give her the jacket. Give, give, you like her. Give her a break. But then we I have love to also, her. <laughs> then we also have to actually consider like all these other various presentations, time in and out, and, and also more importantly to your point, not just what I was referring to her active presentation. So you were showing yes. these commercials, and she's coming out in the next segment and leaning heavily into swear words and and jazzing them up, shall we say? Uh, so like. If that's supposed to be positive representation, I guess I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I just, it's, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, the wrestling was good this week on Raw. It's just the storytelling stinks. It's, and how how can I care about a 15-minute match with anyone in angles that stink? Like, Drew McIntyre's a dude. 30 minutes! This- 30 minutes to get the matches are fine they're fine i just don't give a crap about anything he does anymore well well, they they tell you not to give a crap because we wasted 38 minutes i looked at the clock and it was 5 38 my time when it when it ended of this drew kofi thing just to say all right let's do it again next week what Austin Creed, or Austin Creed, Xavier Woods and 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 Riddle was fan friggin' test. Okay, yeah, like that that was the exception. I mean, I knew that. I mean, to your point, like you kind of knew where that was going too. But like, at yes. least that was a really fun match. Woods really outperformed in it. To go back though to Kofi and Drew McIntyre, a big problem in this triple threat angle is I have absolutely no belief that Kofi Kingston nor Drew McIntyre is winning this title back from Bobby Lashley at the end of this road. So I have no interest in even taking a turn down the block. Why would I care invest any time into this? In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club Slab Pack, and, and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous round bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying hey look at some random cards whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. 
And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I don't even necessarily know that I would care if Kofi won the title back, but I don't think he's going to. I think there's like a 0.00% chance he gets the title back. And Drew McIntyre, if he gets the title back, I'll put that at 20%. I don't care still. Yeah, we're, we're, we're waiting for next man up or yeah. to get... or we're Way or past Kofi Drew McIntyre. Thing, or Kofi is going to be sacrificial and then drew's back in the title run for SummerSlam and wins the belt in front of the las vegas crowd because i believe they announced today or they wanted to announce by today that that's going to be at allegiant stadium in in las vegas yeah i just it's because because if if we're already this ahead of the story then then why watch it's 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 one of those weird things where they've do and also just and Lashley and MVP are just boring too, right? Like, like you know, obviously Lashley, oh, the Godfather, Bobby pause, Lashley. Pause, but yeah. yes, yes, that's what I want to get. The problematic now, because Vince has to, Vince and his and his African American champion. Why did that happen with Drew McIntyre? Any white champion I could think of in recent vintage. Yes. Do you get hoes? Do you bring strippers from the local club out at five of them at a time to play out your f- <laughs> fantasies from, I, I just, I, 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 but he does this a lot with champions. He doesn't know what to do with it. It's because it, remember with Roman, he had kind of that four week run where every week he'd be a different kind of leading man. Like he'd be a ladies man and he'd be a smart Alec. And then he'd be, Tough, strong, silent Roman. Suffering <laughs> Succotash Roman was my favorite. Oh, yes. Suffering Succotash Roman. Yeah. yeah. I, this one, though, the, the the race has to have something to do with it for me. I'm I'm sorry. I know people hate hate when some commentators do that, but I got I mean, no, I, I'm as you've been talking about this, I've been actively trying to rack my brain to think of like a white champion where Vince is even kind of like teased doing the bring out the ladies thing um with in the last 15 years uh randy orton no uh because it would have to be a heel um he doesn't do it with baby faces because that would make them cool um and it has trish and the trish shelton thing makes me think it's always that kind of 
thing too. Was was there a was there a? I can't remember all five of the ladies. There 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 was there was an African American lady. Did we have a little Benetton representation going on there? A little Benetton casting. Little yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I not not. No, I mean, okay. It was you did have a blonde. You had you had the blonde with the tattoos and the purple hair. So the wild girl. You had the short, cute brunette uh, or Ravenette. That's that's generally where I go. Uh, you had uh, you had the um, African American Fox Force lady. Five. We had Fox Force Five. Yeah, in yeah. There. Kyle, oh, we had no. an Alicia Fox thing going on there. Um, yeah. And then uh, there was a, there was another one. Um, uh, yeah, but like, it, yes, it was. Uh, I mean, it really it, like it felt dated. Be, like yeah. it just it it, it was bloodless. Um, it felt really dated. Uh, I didn't seem like MVP and Lashley were really into it, to be completely honest. Um, Correct. And and why would he be? He's a happily why, married man. <laughs> right, right. So, I, I mean, yeah, right. So, like, you know, do, do, so it's like, how much do I play this up on camera? Which oh. which you plays, which you can feel, you can vibe on. Um, yeah. It, yeah. You know what it feels? It feels like he's he's wearing a costume to play this kind of champ versus you remember the build he was so awesome because he was just a badass who wanted to be champ let him be a badass in a suit i mean it's not that hard i mean he can be a badass heel dad too like that mvp and bobby lashley are here to stack up as much money for their families as possible and they don't care who they have to get over or who they have to step over to get that money for their kids um like they don't have to be Lotharios um, to yeah. do this. They can, you know, just be trying to ruthlessly get as much money as possible for their own glory, and nebulously for their family. But like, yeah, it doesn't. It, you can still have if, them be married and have that be part of their yeah. heel character. If if you don't think they like Lotharios, remember when the talk of he who shall not be named um, was brought up as champion, Stephanie would go, "Who would want to f him?" And you know they they love that thing about their champs that they're sex machines. She, she was so wrong Vince. about Slapjack because Slapjack <laughs> it would have been a great champion, and I definitely think yeah. But but the problem with the storytelling is it's like okay, we have MVP and Bobby Lashley at ringside, and they go in and they ruin the number one contenders match, as if we can't. we have two authority figures on the same show. And it's like nobody's ever watched an episode of WWE in their life where this stuff happens all the time and there's no DQ, blah, 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 or what, and a triple threat. You know, it's like, well, why don't you do things to stop people from ruining your triple threat match that you just made? Why are you these soulless husks with hollow chests who do nothing to protect the quote unquote matches that you're making on this Muppet show, 30 Rock behind the scenes show? that involves wrestling that you're shooting here. That, that, that's why people don't respect the writing on this show from the top guy is because these logical questions are never answered. It's just, I'm, I've had enough and I feel like we've talked enough about raw and complaining about this. So unless you got anything else big from this uh, show that you just thought was ridiculous. 
Um, oh, Shayna Baszler. Let's do that. Let's go over Shayna oh, and Reggie Bechtel. Dude, 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 this this is close to this show. So, like, I know that during the this show that yes. there was some good wrestling. But this go-home, this final match, not go-home match, but this main event um, and this main event angle and this closing moment of Raw, the title card moment of Raw, was some of the stupidest, dumbest, like final segment crap they've had in a very long time um uh, yeah get into it hit me hit me with your reggie bechtel take because it ties into nxt as well and there is this why do you take the person with the most tough persona and you do the supernatural crap with them Oh, because it's so it's so obvious where this is going. Who who did Alexa the biggest Bliss is gonna Alexa pin Bliss. Shana, yeah. Alexa Bliss is gonna pin Shayna clean as a sheet after doing some voodoo crap. And she's gonna interrupt the match between Shayna Baszler and Reggie Bechdel next week. Yes, probably. Yep. Probably probably make That's how they get out of that match, and that's how they prevent oh, that match. Because oh, God help us that Shayna Baszler go down next week and just kick Reggie Bechdel's head off. And then put him in the Terrafuda clutch, which he does not roll over and pin Shayna Baszler one, two, three, because she doesn't know how to get out of it because she's an idiot now. Um, I, Shayna Baszler needs to decapitate Reggie Bechdel next week and, and make him scream for his life and then break his arm. But that won't happen. No, he's getting a harness Bl- on him and he's the, getting dragged up to the heavens or something like and that. And the doll so is going to show up and laugh and go, ah! At Shayna Baszler. And Shayna Baszler's going to be like, oh, I don't even know what that means. How can that be? And that's what we're getting next week. Meanwhile, her partner in Trifecta, one of the greatest stables ever there, Mercedes Martinez, is having to deal with (laughs) with Chinese characters being written on her hand and smoke coming up. What is this? Okay, what is going on? And then, oh, by the way, Nia Jax is still involved in this angle, too. <laughs> and, 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 oh, by the way, all this is happening uh, during a humdinger, a, 11 minutes and 42 seconds match between Natalia and Tamina. Um, so you have, like, these, these absolutely bloodless, dead-in-the-water, you-could-not-care-less-about-this-tag-team-champion combo if you tried, Tamina and Natalia, who are having no character development. They are on no character arc. You are not invested in their journey. They are they, going they had nowhere. A, they had a, a random face turn at some point, which we'd have no idea about. Yep. Um, I, am, yeah. I am looking forward to the Nia Jax face turn when Reggie, <laughs> when Poochie is sent back to his home planet. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't happened. He keeps showing back up. We thought Reggie was done going back to Poochie Planet, and and instead he keeps showing back. Vince likes Reggie. It's very clear. I like Reggie. It's just in this story he stinks. No, it, no, no, no. Vince likes Reggie. He, he. It's not. I like the performer who plays Reginald. I think that this guy is heinously miscast, and it's actually oh, he likes cool. the character of Reggie yes. with Naya. With yes. Naya. yeah, no, yes. yeah, because he likes the small guy, big girl dynamic. He has these very weird, very cliched twentieth century <laughs> sexual. Could you fetish imagine things. them in, in yeah. the bed? Oh, she'd crush him. Oh, that kind of crap. 
I, I, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that in the voice of Vince. No, no, like, no, no, no. It's it's absolutely no, not you, people listening. Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, it's, I, it's a very I could see them. I could see humor. them trying to get yep. sympathy for Nia through Reggie Bechdel, and I just, I just. Oh, oh, I don't see that happening. Uh, I'll tell you, you, you know where it's going to be really interesting is when they start running back in front of crowds, because I could see audiences turning the hell on these shows. Uh, oh, and like, you know what we need to add yeah. to this? We need to add Eva Marie and that storyline. Oh, that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's funny that this is the one place where they have elected to go in a subtle storytelling route, because you yes. can start to see where this is going but it's go she is so subtle about this i bet you a good chunk of the audience very much thinks she's coming in as a baby face she full day melts her <laughs> i mean i mean it, it was you know yeah i i can see that too but yeah, yeah. obviously obviously there's a disingenuous it, it, super but, mo- but super it's, it's subtle in a way that wwe yes. does not t- it's yes. really weird it's very yeah. strange there, there's yeah. like this nuance well, and I bet you the nuance might crumble away, but there is a nuance right now that is um very uncommon for them. But you also know when they do nuance, it's fake. Like like when Alexa Bliss after the uh was it the, first the nuance is usually countervailed with where she's doing that. Nuance is countervailed with anti subtlety. Yes, but but it also you know you you can see the one eighty coming a mile away where it's. Where it's, I just want to thank you all for helping me and know that you're never going to achieve your dreams. You know, that kind of thing where it just, on the flip of a switch, turns heel. Uh, all right, NXT, we kind of went through. I don't. Well, I mean, okay, so a little bit more. Um, I I am absolutely flummoxed by the Zeta Ramirez usage and utilization, especially in this match this week against Mercedes Martinez, which was really a setup for Mercedes Martinez to get the hand marking <laughs> So, like, they're trying to build Zeta Ramirez, and they're trying to tell this story of Kyle Jarrett, like, well, Zeta Ramirez had a really competitive match, except she really didn't. She was basically outclassed by Mercedes Martinez, as she should have been. Don't get me wrong here. But, like, why have Zeta Ramirez in that? If you want, here, if you want to build Zeta Ramirez, this week Zeta Ramirez has an enhancement match against a mean girl yes. heel who Zeta Ramirez overcomes, and we start getting a sense of what Zeta Ramirez's finishing move is. So that if she has a match against Mercedes Martinez, I know what to look for in terms of Zeta Ramirez's finishing move, which I guess is a cross body or something off the top, I think. It's whatever she beat Tony Storm with, I guess. Um, But is that her move? We don't know yet. Um, So you would want to have an actual establishment enhancement match here. Um, but instead, she loses to Mercedes Martinez. So it's like, shut up, Zeta. Go and hang out in the back with Zoe Stark and be one of her, and her buddies. Mercedes gave up way too much offense to her too for way it to be a complete much. squash. So it's yep. yeah, it's like, it's like, look, you got thirty women at a training center. Teach, you know, give one a cheap gimmick. Have her take the cross body one two three. Get out of there. She doesn't have to do that much. Just it, the heel. Get, I mean, literally, just have or have Zayda Ramirez go up against the mean oh, masked luchadora. She just puts a mask on. Yes, the black evil jerky looking mask. Um, and, and Zayda Ramirez goes out there and has a two and a half minute match wherein she gets 100% of the offense because it doesn't matter because she's going against Scrubzo Maguba, uh, whatever her name is, Scrubzo Maguba. Oh, uh, you got, you got to pull out things from the old 605, like the masked 
Terror or something like some dumb name where it's just nobody you're gonna care about in, in it later. Just, the the, the evil masked, queen. Yeah, the Zeta Ramirez versus female. the evil queen. Yeah, the yes. the masked queen. Yeah, the masked female or the masked queen. Yeah, <laughs> kick stomp cross body one two three. You're out of there. Jeez, yeah, I mean it's. Uh, may, okay. Maybe the masked queen briefly gets like one moment of offense so that Zayda Ramir can do her fire up, come back and get in with a big win. That That's exactly all that needed to happen for Zayda Ramir, especially since you're not trying to build her for a title shot anytime soon. Um, or at least you shouldn't be because she's totally not ready. Uh, she needs to be having enhanced matches wherein she's getting shine. NXT UK was the... Uh... <laughs> After having a great match the week before, this was the come down a little yeah, bit. This was the yeah, story, is, story is, time yeah. type thing. Well, you know, the Ooh, rest of it was fine. Uselessly. Yeah, well, I mean, Shaw Samuel and Nathan Frazier going 20 minutes or whatever. 12 oh, my minutes was God. Way too that long. match felt like it was never going to. It was not. It was not a good exploration of the time. It was it was just a match that felt like it was going and going the one great thing on this show i thought was the uh, mako satamura kaylee ray video package i thought that was really fantastic and really you know after the the clunky storytelling of his Kay, where kaylee ray we thought she was going face for a while uh, really cool and then uh the other thing i really really liked i liked that jack stars pretty deadly interaction oh yeah real yeah, I, I I mean, I like Pretty Deadly as these antagonizing dudes. Um, I think they found a really nice voice with yeah. them. Uh stars I I, no, I miss my I, friend. I mean, that, yeah, I, I don't and I, I miss my friend and even if she was there, she couldn't help me and he's starting to realize like maybe I don't have friends. Um, what like like he's that a friendless loser? And he's no, like, no, I, I, I. That's the thing is him. Okay, I, I NXT UK is the only show where I have any faith in this story actually being paid in in this company. Um, in this story yeah. being like paid off in a like sort of satisfying way. But like I like Jack Stars's like dark moment of the soul where he's like, what if I don't have any friends? Like, what if, what if I can't actually find somebody to go up against pretty deadly? And like, right now we don't know who that ready, obvious tag team partner for Jack stars is. So it's probably going to be a surprise partner, um, which will be fun. Um, and I and like, look, uh, I like pretty deadly. I like Jack stars and I'm sure whoever they put with Jack stars will be a good partner and, and it will yield a good match. So I'm, I'm at least looking forward to that angle. Actually, I liked the Ilya Dragunov. Oh yes. I thought, too. okay. So he was kind of stumbling over some of the dialogue, but yeah. I think the general theme of the promo was good. Uh, I, I yeah. actually like where the character is now. We've seen some growth and some evolution. Is he still unstable? Yes. Does he have better control of it at the moment? Yes. Um, and, and I do, because they're not going to be going back to the Walter Imperium thing. So they're like moving away from that. And they're sort of pivoting the character a little bit. And not as he has to band- kill Noam Dar. He has to kill yes. Noam Dar. Yeah. I mean, not, not Noam Dar shouldn't get a single move in. I mean, he should attack before the bell. Pound the hell out of him. One, two, three. 
Yeah, I, I, or, or I think maybe Dar should get to a point where he slaps Ilya Dragunov in the face, and that turns that at that point it, it turns into like a snap annihilation. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I I completely agree. Um, the other I guess big beat in the show here, are the uh, you know Tamon versus Ashton Smith was an absolute non-entity. Uh, Alpha Carter came in and made the save, but he, but he wasn't there due to travel issues, right? Oliver, Car- and so now we're gonna now we have to do the split between Oliver Carter and Whoop Guy. Uh, no, but like Whoop Guy, no. I, I, it's so weird. It's so weird. It's like Whoop Guy. I mean, he made the save. There was for so Whoop much guy. wrong with this match too because the this match stunk. The style that they had, Tauman. Tailman, Tailman, really yeah, yeah. Tailman, wrestle. He has to be, and I hate to, he who shall not be named. He has to be that kind of guy where he's just breaking down a bigger wrestler, and instead he's like going hold for hold, and he's getting clotheslined and looking, because because Ashton Smith is is much bigger than him, and just every time he clotheslines him, it's like Ashton Smith should be the guy going over, but instead you have basic wrestling chain wrestling moves from tailman versus ashton carter here it's it's so strange it's strange because tailman's been built above ashton smith he's already had enhancement matches with i forget like did he have a he had an match against stars right yeah he did and then like the end of the match he's like i have mad respect and stars I think, and this is fair, you can say, as NXT UK connoisseurs, well versed in the history, I think we can fa- say fairly clearly here that Stars is held in a higher standard than Ashton Smith is. Um, Ashton yes. Smith has never had a match against Walter, for example, and although Stars was murdered by Walter, the fact that Stars is even considered for that, like, is just sort of an exhibit of like that he is considered in a higher status than Smith. Oh, Smith God. is an absolute one hundred percent prelim guy. Chris, something scary just came over me. Um, Ashton Smith is going to be Jack Stars' partner, isn't he? Because of the respect thing. And that's going to drive the wedge between him and Oliver Carter. And we're eventually... This is going to be the new Kenny Williams versus... (laughs) uh, I, I have already forgotten his name. Um... Okay, actually, you know what? I bet you it's like Andy Wilde. I bet you Andy Wilde, who had the match against Maybe. Kenny Williams, is Jack Starr's partner. Um, oh, you know who it could be? It could be. who was Okay, who was Kenny Williams' old partner? I can't remember his name. Right oh, now. well, no, that guy's gone. He got Remember, he got banned from NXT UK. But that's how the, we made an exception because in the bylaws of WWE, he said when you get a partner, you can get anybody. Uh, his what name was uh, Dancy Magoo. His name, Amir <laughs> Jordan. Uh, yeah, Amir Jordan. Amir Jordan. Yeah. Uh, Nancy yeah, Magoo. Yeah. Um, no, he stunk. Uh, Kenny Williams. The only thing I can say about Kenny Williams is that, that I like squash. That... that was a hell of a squash. I was a hell of a squash, and I actually like the twist of um, shaving the beard to turn heel. Yeah. Uh, I, Going I, the opposite I, way. I, as as a as a wrestling connoisseur, I was like, "Oh, that's fun." I, I I like that's the only example of zigging instead of zagging that I have that I can think of this week. Is I, I like that, that. Be... and that was fresh. And his and he actually looks really good, clean shaven. Yeah. I think the look update is a big improvement. That would be great to be disingenuous, babyface, and you shaved off your 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 facial hair. And now you're just going to play the, hey, high five and all that other stuff. I want to shake your hand, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That's WWE. Let's uh, let's preview Double or Nothing. 
which takes place Saturday, I believe, as opposed to Sunday. Let's see. Hold on. What what day is it? May 30th. Tomorrow's 28th. No, it is on Sunday. Go back to the Saturday pay-per-views, for God's sakes. Or is this? Yeah. Go back to the Saturday pay-per-views as opposed to the Sunday pay-per-views. I guess they think Sunday, because it's on Memorial Day weekend, technically is a Saturday, but it's not. That's not how people think about this, people. Yeah. uh, Starting with on the pre-show, a match that should be on the card instead of this battle royal. For the NWA Women's Championship, the champion Serena Deeb taking on Riho in a match that should be pretty good as a sprint, I think. Uh, I'll go first on this one. There's no way in hell Rio is taking this title from Serena Deeb. I no. I actually think this might actually be a screw job in some ways so that Rio doesn't have to be pinned. I will go further. Up- I'll go further. I think we've begun to see the start of a Serena Deeb heel turn. And okay. I think this Rio match is going to serve as a platform to further that heel turn storyline. I do not think that uh Riho has a snowball's chance in hell of actually winning the title but I do think that we will see Deeb um take advantage of Riho and Riho is a perfect foil to be small and sort of like overwhelmed and Deeb does need someone smaller than her to really sort of like accentuate the healness um so that's where I think we're going uh but Deeb retains and Deeb probably retains by using a little bit of uh darker tactics Let's go with this Casino Battle Royale next. Christian Cage, Matt Seidel, Powerhouse Hobbs, Penta El Zero, Miedo. I can't. It's a Penta El Zero. Jungle Boy, Matt Hardy, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Casti, Blade, Evil Uno, Colt Cabana, Preston Vance, Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, QT Marshall, Nick Camaroto, Dustin Rhodes, Lee Johnson, and a player to be named the affirmant, the usual Cash considerations, baby. Number one, go give me. Uh, let's see. Let's what, take what two are we, picks. What are we playing for here? Like, what do we win uh, if we win the Casino Battle Royal? I believe for a future AEW World Championship match. So, mm. give me two picks for your TBA and who you think is going to win. A lot of people have been released from WWE recently, haven't they? Uh, yeah, but I don't think they are eligible due to the 90-day non-compete. It, it, Andrade is, though, right? Yes. I'm going to go Andrade. Okay. Um, Do you have a second, perhaps, off-the-wall off, off pick? Um, if not, that's okay. Uh, I do. That's why I asked. <laughs> William the Refrigerator Perry. I'll take that as an answer. Now, who wins this battle royal? I think Christian Cage. Okay. We agree. I think Christian Cage wins this. I think your possible legend who comes in, because I don't think I don't think it's gonna be a new guy. I don't think it's gonna be a talent of note that Rob they don't want to beat. I think too cold Scorpio since he's been hitting the Indies and having a hot run on the Indies of late. I think for that crowd there, they will pop mad for him and he can do some moves with Seidel and you know other guys and it'll be a thrill for them. Or is Scorpio still s- doing the 450? Uh, yes. If he does no, the 450 no. better because- than Matt Seidel did the shooting star press, he's going to be a big success. 
No, he does the uh, the twisting leg. I don't think he does the 450 anymore. But uh, okay, so he don't uh, that, that okay that twisting leg though. I wouldn't want to take that. That Scorpio is a little all over the place back in the day with that twisting leg. Or I think they go full comedy here with the wild card, and go full anticlimactic in some ways, as opposed to the previous ones where it's like who's gonna be the who's gonna be the big surprise here. Negative one, in front of a full house. To give him the cheer because he lost his father. He spends a little bit of time in the Battle Royale. And then Colt Cabana and, and, and Preston Vance, 10, and Evil Uno, gently throw him over the top or or place him over the top for him to hop down before he gets really hurt by somebody. Maybe. They might go with negative one. They might go with negative I one. Could, I could see that. I could just see that for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, but yes, Christian Cage is getting the title match out of this because he's had a less than stellar, would you say? Well, run the only AEW reason he's so there, far? the only reason he's there is to have a main event pushed. Like, like I don't. Yes. Yeah. Um, he's unless you think he's going to have a match against Miro. And there are ten matches on this card. We are going all wow. friggin' night, guys. Wow. Uh, all right. What do we? What do I want to do next here? Let's let's go with uh, oh. Let's go with the non-title tag team match on this. Sting and Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Uh, I think Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page win. I do too, and I think Darby and Sting have a little uh, shoving afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I've been sort of saying uh, Darby heel turn thing might happen. So, yeah, I, I think there'll be a little tension. In the other non-title match on here, or actually there's two more non-title matches. Uh... Hangman Adam Page taking on Brian Cage of Team Taz. Mm. Has to be Adam Page. Has to I be Adam it's, Page. It's Page. It's Page and someone from Team Taz, probably Ricky Starks, cost Cage the match. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking yeah. too. Yeah, I think Starks cost Starks cost Cage the match. Yes, they can't pay off right now the physicality between Starks and Cage, um, but. I think the Starks and Cage actually the the fact that Starks can't get physical actually helps with like him like screwing with Cage more. It like he can be more of an antagonist without ever actually laying a hand on him. And so I think yeah, Ricky Starks costs Cage the match and Page wins. Cody Rhodes with Arn Anderson taking on Anthony Agogo with QT Marshall, Nick Camaroto, and Aaron Solo in tow. Anything short of Cody Rhodes not coming out to James Brown's living in America and 15 seconds with one punch being put on the ground is going to be disappointing for me. Who do you got? I mean, they've really created themselves a monster here with this Anthony Agogo character uh, in the sense that I don't really understand how you actually beat this guy when you want to beat this guy in a coherent way. Like, is he just going to miss the punch every time he swings it at the opponent in that particular match? It's not going to be this match against Cody. He's going to knock out Cody. Uh, like Cody's going down. And this um, match but, probably isn't going to go very long. Cause no, no. I'm just green. trying to figure out like with the way you built up this guy. So like, you know, okay. He beats Cody. That's great. Eventually, you want to go go to lose, right? Or maybe you never want him to ever lose. And in which case, he can just be One Punch Man. That's great. But One Punch Man is an anime character, and it's kind of a parody of anime. It's not really a wrestler. Uh, so at some point, a go-go's got to lose. 
How is he going to lose? Is every time, and he's throwing body shots too. This is not a go-go throws a big, big hook. And like, you have a, you have a guy who can duck that hook. Uh, you know, someone with really great reflexes. He just knows how to pull away and kind of sideswipe the hook. And that would look really good visually too. A go-go signature move is this midsection body shot thing. How is someone going to, look, we're going to have a guy just like shimmy their core the entire match. And that's how we're going to get this baby face over because he's got incredible core control and can dodge these body shots. I think that it's not going to be a problem this match. Again, a go-go is going to win this match. But it's going to be a problem long-term with a go-go. They've overbooked this guy. I, I know people like the body shot one punch KO thing. They like that. It's an incorporation of boxing stuff into the wrestling world, but I never see a wrestling. I never see an attempt to grapple with the obvious tension that having this overpowered of a single attack is in the context of storytelling. The Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, taking on John Moxley and Eddie Kingston in the tag team match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Chris? I think the Bucks lose. You think I'm the titles a, I, change? Yeah, I think we would, because we need something feel good on the show. And, and, and I, I could see the Bucks losing here. I think the feel good comes later. Okay. To be honest with you. Uh I I have the Bucks retaining and I I'm, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I don't feel strongly about Moxley and uh Kingston winning. I just I it, I feel like we need a feel good and this feels like uh this feels like the zig instead of zag match. I feel like I know we're kind of booking interference or something in a lot of matches but it feels to me they may hold off interference on everything else except for anything involving the elite. And I think the good brothers get involved with this and end up screwing Moxley and Kingston somehow. And it leads to later in the night. And I'll explain at that time. Oh, 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 I'll go the other way. The good brothers screw things up for the young bucks. It kind of increasing the tension, but they're still all heels inside the stable. So he's now planted the seed uh, of what's going to ultimately blow up the uh, bullshit club here. I think that I think that'll uh, I think that'll come. Uh, Stadium Stampede, the Pinnacle, MJF, Wardlow, Sean Spears, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood, with the awesome Tully Blanchard, taking on the Inner Circle of Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz. If the Inner Circle lose, they must disband as a team forever. Chris, is this the last time that we will ever see the Inner Circle as a unit? God, Jeff, what if we never see the inner circle again? Can you imagine a world without the inner circle? Mm. All the good times. <laughs> the beloved faction, the inner circle. All the I'm good times. I'm stepping time. on this. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I mean, God. Remember that time he sprayed guys with a champagne? Uh, the, the, oh, God. Woo. The bell. Uh, what a hoot that was. That was there's the other time where Jericho was hanging out in the bathroom for a long time, but then he was cool. Um, and he beat up the other guys. Uh God, they, there's just been so many fun times with the inner circle over the years. Uh so it'd be a real shame if they went away. But I don't think we're gonna have to worry about that. I think uh once they created this like ridiculous stipulation, it all but ensured that the baby faces were gonna win here and that this feud between MJF 
and uh, Chris Jericho will continue, despite the fact that with each passing week, I have lost interest in it. I went from being the most interested I ever was prior to the Blood and Guts match to being, you know, pretty interested during the Blood and Guts match to not very interested after the Blood and Guts match to extremely not interested as we go into this match. So, well done, guys. The interesting choice is to beat the inner circle. But then that it would be is. a world without the inner circle, Jeff. That would basically because, kill AEW as a company. They're trying to expand well, and do ha- another look, show. They, could, they can journey through the desert trying to find a purpose, trying to figure out a way to get back to the real dark night of the soul, though, buddy. Yeah. But here's the other thing. If you beat the pinnacle in this, I, I can't view them as an elite faction. I'm sorry. No, them Pinnacle beating Inner Circle would actually establish them as elite because the faction killed another faction. It'd be a big fish eating a little fish. Um, like, like, here comes Pinnacle. They ended Inner Circle. And yeah, it's not like they ended... It, it's not as though Sammy Guevara, Chris Jericho, and all of them have to leave town or whatever, but they can now be, like, officially legally banned from being the inner circle or whatever. And like that, you know, what will that, I think that that's actually the more interesting choice, Uh, but I don't think they do that. I think they split the baby here. I think the inner circle technically win. And then the pinnacle takes out Jericho Mm. for good. So that Jericho can go tour with his band and whatever he's going to do during the summer. And it kind of leaves the inner circle rudderless. I, that's what I think. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is, to that point, that might actually be how they break up the inner circle. Is or why they break? Why the inner circle loses here? Is that Jericho's going to tour? You don't need to keep the inner circle storyline going without a Jericho, anyways. So why not just break them up? I could also just see them beating the inner circle and then the inner circle. Coming. We've renamed ourselves. <laughs> yeah, right. No. Well, don't I mean, oh, I'm, well, here's the other thing. What are the laws governing factions? Like, if Jericho leaves a faction, you still have the other four guys, Santana, Ortiz, Guevara, and, and Hager. Like, are they not allowed to ever faction together ever again? Um, I, I, or, or, did you just make faction a verb? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. As a matter <laughs> of faction. Thank you very much. Uh, and... You know, so what if Jericho, Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz all get to back together, but they don't have Hagar? Are they are they allowed to do that? Well, maybe they could get David Lee Roth then, as opposed yeah. to Hagar. Right, right. If you bring in Roth, <laughs> but what if Jericho wants to call that the inner circle or like the new inner circle, the um, outer like, circle? Oh, uh, the, the inner <laughs> limits, the outer limits. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. The Venn diagram. Yeah, you know the all, the all new inner original things. inner circle. Miro or Dante Martin if he wins tomorrow, which he won't. So Miro <laughs> taking on Lance Archer with Jake Roberts for the TNT title. Big men slapping meat. I'm here for this, baby. And I don't think there's going to be a definitive winner. I could see double count out. Yeah, I, I see this coming to a non-finish of some sort. Although the power move would actually be to have Miro beat Lance Archer in a fairly decisive manner. Uh, I, I know that that, that would be tough for Lance Archer but like Miro's hot right now baby and and I, I having Miro get a strong win over Lance Archer um like that would be cool that'd be a that'd be a big baller move 
Um, but I think you, I think you tend to be right. They are going to be going with these kind of split the difference, like no kind of clear winner thing. Hikaru Shida, or if you're, uh, if you're Dasha, Hikaru Shida, taking on Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, with Reba, not Rebel, or Rebel, not Reba, for the singles match for the AEW Women's World Championship. Now, Shida has had this title throughout the non-crowd era. She has said her dream is to win this title in front of a large crowd. I think we belt Dr. Britt and we give it to Hikaru later, or Hikaru, however you want to put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Uh, <laughs> but I think I think it's time to put the belt on Britt Baker. Yeah, I think so. I, I think the build to this match has been centered around Britt Baker. Uh, I think that when we saw Sheeta go and try to put on the uh, the glove and do all that stuff, it, it actually kind of gave away, you know, who's winning this match. I think it, it's going to be Britt Baker. Uh, so that's fine. Sheeta has lost a bit of steam. Um, she's been having good matches, but the characterization hasn't been there. Uh, and, and, and you can kind of tell in the presentation over the last month or so. People, they're, they're setting up the off-ramp. They're getting you ready to see her lose the title. And they, they've been setting the table for that for the last several weeks here, even as she's been getting wins. Finally, for the AEW World Championship, Kenny Omega with Don Callis and probably a cast of thousands versus Orange Cassidy and Pac. Chris, tell us who wins the match and tell us how we close the show. Now... When you say you think the feel-good moment's coming later in the show and this is the only match left, it leads me to believe that Jeff Hawkins actually thinks that Orange friggin' Cassidy is no. leaving this show no. as no, the I won't, champion. No, I, won't, I, won't, I, won't, I, I would never go that The far. juice. I, the juice is going to... No, I think they're going to screw the juice. I, I think that, uh, that the, the juice is going to get squeezed from multiple sides here. Um... Yeah, no, don't pour How one out. How many other puns me. can you think of? How many other I, puns? You know, going? orange, you glad that I had those puns at the ready, <laughs> Hawkins. But I think I've squeezed as much juice from that lemon as I possibly could. Don't be sour at me, pal. All right, so I think that Omega wins. I, I think that I, I, I think that Omega wins, and that you think this is gonna have a cast of thousands. I think you're wrong. I think that this is gonna be fairly clean. It's gonna get people to believe for the first time that Orange Cassidy could really become champion one day. And the point of this match is going to be setting the table as Orange Cassidy main event guy. Um, but this is not going to be Orange Cassidy's main event wherein he wins the championship because if you were going to do that with a baby face, you'd want to have him win in front of an audience. I think this is going to set up Orange Cassidy as quote-unquote guy who could possibly win the title someday. And I don't think he's ever going to win the title someday. But here's what I also think. I also think, God help me for saying this. Remember, Chris, there are no DQs in a triple threat match. And I think they're going to go that route. I think they're going to go in the WWE playbook. I think the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers are coming out. At that moment when Orange Cassidy could possibly win, when he has him on the ropes. And they're going to beat down Pac, and they're going to beat down Orange Cassidy. Then all hell is going to break loose with best friends and 
Death Triangle coming out to try and save the things. Then Moxley and uh, and Eddie Kingston are going to come out as well to join the fray because of getting screwed early in the night. Then Christian Cage is going to come out after winning the Battle Royal because, you know, they're setting him up for uh, the next title shot. I think the guy who ends up cleaning them all out, I think Daniel Bryan makes an appearance. Bryan Danielson makes an appearance at the end of this show. That is our feel-good moment as we cut to black. It, this isn't a triple threat, though, right? Like, this is only... It's a three-way a... match. I don't I don't think this is elimination style. Oh, you're right. You're right. There, you're right. This is Pac, and I, I, I'm... My bad. I, this is Pac, Pac and Orange Cassidy's in this. No, Omega has to win. I thought I I thought it was Omega versus Orange Cassidy. I just had like a total brain fart. I forgot Pack was in this, but I remember Pack's promo was like, "No one will bet against Pack." He had a good uh, he had a good promo on last week's show. Um, yeah, uh, maybe you do have Daniel Bryan come down at the end. I don't know. I, I think now that would overshadow Christian. That would overshadow Christian Cage winning the Battle Royal for the World Title thing. That's the problem with that. My thinking there. Yeah, yeah, and they don't. They're definitely. I mean, the problem with this main event is it's very clear they're not hitting the abort button on the Kenny Omega belt collector. This the the bullshit club, as I call them. Like we're we're all in on that narrative. Um, so, hmm. I don't know how this I, I don't know how this show ends, but I feel pretty clear in saying that Omega is going to be the winner. Yeah, I do too. That's the one yeah. thing that Kenny Omega is not losing until he picks up. Actually, you know what? Somebody from New Japan may show up too. And, and you know, I could I could see Kenny going over and taking that IWGP vacant title and and being part of this belt collector thing in whatever tournament there is. And maybe a Kota Ibushi shows up here. We know that uh, there's some guys working with TNA right now from New Japan. That could always happen too. I mean, but at the end of the night, we're going with belt collector Kenny and belt collector Kenny is still going to be the champion at the end of the night. So we'll, uh, we'll edit there. Follow me at crap game 13. You follow Chris at DWATG and just, Follow the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. We are available on audio and all your podcasting platforms. Please give us a five-star rating. We have not begged for ratings of le- for, for at least five years. So if you want to give us a five-star rating. For five years iTunes, of, yeah, uninterrupted uh, poor promotion. Uninterrupted, not sucking up for, uh, for a rating. Please do, because that'll help us get more listeners in the uh in the logic of podcast searching. You can also watch us and watch all my terrible faces that I make accidentally, usually, uh, on Voices of Wrestling on their YouTube channel there. At least you, you don't have a predatory GIF guy in, uh, in, in Cody out there hate-watching this show and turning it into the, those, those, those GIF images that upset me. Um, uh, uh, yeah, Chris, you do a show with Cody, don't you? The uh, aforementioned Cody is, is oh, part hey. of DWA. No, 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 no. First of all, first of all, get this you do a show with Cody, the phrase out of your mouth. Uh, sometimes <laughs> I have a show, it's called Don't Worry About the Government. You can find it on Don't Worry.tv, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, number of different places. I, I have panelists on sometimes, and I do share the Zoom link. 
And someone occasionally gives it to Cody, who then shows up on the show unannounced, uninvited, okay. unwanted. Um, okay, so the Chris and Cody show every week on no, Patreon. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm going to tell you, I'm going <laughs> to sign off with you the same way I sign off with Cody. Shut it. Shove it. Get lost.